This is episode 529 of the Eventing Radio Show, brought to you by the Eventing Riders Association of North America. We would like to thank our title sponsor, Bit of Britain. Find everything you need for eventing at bitofbritain.com. This week, we have USEA Director of Programs and Marketing, Kate Loki, and we have LandSafe guru, I guess we'll call him, Danny Warrington. This is Max Corcoran in beautiful, sunny, breezy, fabulous, so great to be home, Ocala, Florida. And this is Joe from beautiful, sunny, breezy, so glad you are home, Max, Ocala, Florida, <laughs> but you've arrived home as it started to become normal again and not absolutely scolding hot, <laughs> which you have got yourself out of the worst of it and now you're into the best of it. And listeners, you are listening to the Eventing Radio Show. So, Max. Joe. Welcome home. It's so good to be home. So good to be home and not wearing, I don't have to wear a dress right now, which is even better. As my as our listeners know, I spent my last week of WAG wearing a dress and giving out awards, which was great, but a thick cotton dress in the 90 degree heat was not really what I anticipated. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I bet you looked amazing, Max. Oh, yeah. I don't know if amazing. I look like a no, Max, she did Max look scrub, amazing. There we go. Max scrubs up pretty my listeners, Max scrubs scrubs up pretty well, I can yeah. tell you. Yep. Yeah. Just come yeah. to her show jumping show. Yeah, oh, she always gets so herself tidied up for that. It's awesome. I know. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, okay, Max, that wig, pretty interesting, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. It was, you know. Sorry, listen, was, listeners, you've probably already heard everyone go on yeah. and on about it, but Max, Max and I haven't had a chance to talk about yeah. it yet. So. I thought the competition, the eventing competition itself was fantastic. I thought, you know, it was right down to the very last jump as to who was going to win the individual title. And yep. it was to the second last rider to find out who was going to win the team title. And yep. it was it was really exciting and it was really great. And I thought, you know, the people that had done their homework and their horses were fit came up and um, it was, you know, the, the horses looked fantastic and they jumped so well on the third day and uh, or fourth yep. day or fifth day or whatever day it was. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> um, I mean, was, I think, you know, it, it was great. There was a lot of good – there was a lot of good dressage tests, but there was a lot of, I thought – very average. Very average. I thought the scoring was. I love the new scoring. On the well, uh, me too. I thought the yeah. scoring was slightly on the generous side. Okay. I think the course rode better than expected, just from watching on the tally. Yeah. I would have liked to have seen it been a little bit tougher, um, but you know, it's a, it's it's tough. New venue, big hill, hurricane. Right. You know, all yeah. those sorts of things. Um, the show jumping was down to the wire. I think some of the, if you look at if you look at the spread of the teams that were there, Max, some of those teams like Great Britain, Ireland, have employed top top show jumping yeah. help like yeah. Nelson Pessoa. You know, New Zealand has Lewis Savara Savera right. and Rodrigo Pessoa helping out, and I think right. that shone that shone really did shine through. Absolutely, because you know, it was um, it, Alan Wade was the show jump course designer for the pure show jumping as well, and it was definitely like a very very solid meter thirty track that was um, difficult, and he made it that way because the horses did have a rest day, and so yeah. he really did play into that. You know, we used that, um, and 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 it was a very technical um, it, in a technical for eventing um, would have been you know not so hard for your pure show jumping, but. Um, you know, some good lines and it was a big stadium and, and uh, the horses hadn't been in there before. So it was in a lot of ways, it was actually, um, it was a great competition the way they, they did that. But yes, indeed, they, you could definitely tell, you know, just that, that triple bar down to the Liverpool. I don't know if the listeners watched it, you know, it was a, um, you know, the people that jumped big and then didn't bring their horses back in time for, uh, to jump up over the the Liverpool had that down all day long, you know. So it was just a it was something that was a coaching uh, thing that went on there, and it was yeah. it was I thought it was fascinating. It was really interesting to watch. I mean, I'm I'm going to put it down to an interesting wig because there possibly could have been a different result if the horses had jumped the following day. Yeah. I don't um, know. I think those I horses know. that jumped, you know, the Brits and the and the Irish for sure had very fit horses. Very, those horses were very well. They were, you know, they all looked. I, I don't know if that would have affected it. Quite honestly, I'd, it's hard to tell. It's hard yeah, to well, tell. 
I was yeah. only watch, I was watching on the telly. I yeah. did love I did love some of the stories about the Irish, though. I thought that they did very very well, and um, <laughs> they were super. I, spe- I especially liked the one about Patrick McCarthy getting bucked off a four year old in a fundraiser to raise um, money <laughs> to raise money, and then to find and then to get on the plane to fly over here to find that they are in the back and the English team are in the front, and, um, <laughs> which. Which is the way it stayed, exactly. I guess. <laughs> exactly, I know. But so, I will give the Irish, I mean, they really don't have any, very, very, very little funding. And Sally Chris Godden has done an amazing job coaching them. And and our, our one of our person we had on the show, Carhill Daniels, he was there competing on his fabulous little mare. And, um, yep. and he was, yeah, what a, what a he, great he job. He Jeez. almost got a whole dressage test out of here as well. I know. Right? Yeah, it was super. And yep. um, so it was, uh, yeah, it was, I thought it was, it was fun. It was a fun thing. And then, and then staying to watch the show jumping, which was a fantastic competition again. And, you know, the team competition right down to the wire and, and the Australian, for me personally, the Australian team doing so well and um, all that, that was, um, it was super, it was good, but it is really, it was really good to wake up in my own bed. I bet. <laughs> I bet I bet it was Max. I yeah. bet it was. Yeah. And um so yeah, for for our listeners, I mean we've got um, we've got Fair Hill coming up in a couple of weeks and Fair Hill used to be the sort of almost the end of of the East Coast eventing. Yeah. Um yep. and, and, that, the last and then you maybe had one more after and then that was that was it. That's yeah, well, some of the horses went out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. times have changed. And yeah. now at the Ocala Jockey Club in the middle of November, we have, um, as we've probably told the listeners a million times, um, CIC, one star, two star, sorry, CCI, one star, two star, and three star. And CIC. And, and a CIC three star. So yeah. it's lengthened the season. Now, Chattahoochee Hills have put on an extra advanced class uh, at the end of October to accommodate this. Uh, next year, the Ocala Horse Park is going to run affiliated with an advanced class as well. And what it's doing, Max, is it's really creating a whole southern end-of-year circuit. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And so now Fair Hill is not going to be, you know, yes, exactly. the end of it all. Yes. And it's been a little bit tricky for us, especially us people that live in the south, because everybody thinks that nobody lives in Florida in summer because it's just too hot. Well, no, we live down here because, yes, it is hot, but, but the, the footing's good. perfect. Exactly. And, and all of that. Um, but for us, especially losing Richland, it's been tough yeah. to try and find the runs that we need and things. But hopefully next year with, with, with more on later when it's cooler down here, we're going to yeah. be good. Yeah. Um, so one of the first, one of the first big ones that we have down here is stable view. And that was just this last weekend. And it was another fantastic, fantastic event. Uh, and with, a lot of prize money. Someone said there was a hundred thousand dollars up there. I, look, off the top of my head, probably, Max, I think it was $20,000 for each class. Now, wow, this is how cool this is. It's the same amount of money for the three-star, two-star, and one-star. Ah, okay. All right. Okay. Well, call that incentive. Okay? Yeah. And so it's – it's it's worth definitely worth going to. You start to say, well, hang on, I've got a pretty good one star horse. You better go in that class, right? And, yeah, you know, exactly. You, all right. So so it makes it it makes it huge incentive. It's not just like the lion's share going to the three star and everybody else gets the dregs, you know. Right. So right. so it's fantastic. Well, anyway, Stable View this year they've changed their courses up. Uh, they've gone into the new extra land that they've got. So in previous years they. The courses were quite tight, twisty, and on a sort of – I'm not going to be rude and say postage stamp, but it was pretty tight. Pretty uh, tight. Yeah, I remember now, that from last year because you sort of went back upon yourself quite a bit. Yeah. Well, now yeah. they've opened it up, and the last second half of the course is good galloping. Okay. Oh, it's, nice. Yeah. It's, good. It's, it's open, and it's fast, and it's, it's awesome. It really is great galloping. The ground was fantastic. We got up there early. We were one of the first people to get up there, and it was a complete and utter dust bowl, Max. Dust oh. bowl. <laughs> and we, and I was, I was as I was reaching for my asthma inhaler, I was talking to Barry, the owner, and um, saying, "Well, you know, we could do with some rain." Well, that night the heavens opened, and Perfect. again the following night the heavens opened, and so it just cleared everything out, and it was absolutely fantastic. Um, they've built a huge amount of 
extra stables as well as the ordinary stables. Well, the not ordinary, the amazing, beautiful yeah. permanent stables and things. Yeah. Uh, put in another dressage arena. So there's two dressage arenas next door to their covered arena. Uh, one's for warm-up and one's for competition. And then you've got your covered and then there's got the other one. Built another massive pavilion, VIP, which looks like a very expensive building to me max i'm yeah. an architect but we'll build yeah, i heard that was supposed to be yeah. some very grand everyone said it's absolutely beautiful yeah it's got a cool bar down below and stuff yeah. so it was um it was great stable view was another really good really good stable view and you know not too far away for us um i had a real interesting one this this year max okay so we're out on the course and i'm riding buccaneer and this is his, his stable name's Bees or Beezer. All right, little bees. He's going flat out. And we're going around the course, and they pull me up just before the water jump. And I'm like, okay, no worries. And and the 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 volunteer said, well, I've clocked you at this tree. And I'm like, okay. And I stopped my watch and bits and pieces. So I'm walking around, and um, so I check with the ground jury and I said, with the TD, and I said, well, I'm allowed to jump this fence beforehand, aren't I? To just pick up pace. He goes, yeah, yeah, that's fine. No problem. So I'm waiting to get my start. And then they said, well, Joe, I'm sorry, but we've just now had a hold for lightning. Oh, Jesus. And so you have to leave the, you have to leave the course. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. Oh, I'm geez. like, okay. So I'm heading off and I'm, wand- I'm wandering off. Um, and you would have thought that it was Philip Dutton and I on, on course at the time. We'd both been held and we were hoping that they might just sneak us home. But yeah. no, they'd had the lightning. And so so I, I managed to walk almost back to the stables before we were called back. Yeah. yeah. So I came all the way back again and had to fire bees up again and jump the jump and, and, and away we went. Wow. Um, and so that's a first for me to be held on course, <laughs> sent away for lightning. And then to go back. <laughs> and then to have to come back. Uh, oh I, I think I think the it was at least twenty five minutes between the two halves of my round. Oh my gosh! Um, so, so what do you anyway. do? It's like okay, poor bees. But amazing that he actually. Well, uh, I think luckily with bees, he's really level headed. Yeah, exactly. And so he'd be like, he'd be like, "Why are we stopping?" Yeah, and then yeah. He'd be like, oh, okay, "We're crazy. going again." You know, so he's a level headed. I think if you had a hot horse. That ran on 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 adrenaline or something. Yeah, it, it, it just fired. It was all fired up. I think that that'd be more of a problem. But he was Beezer's like, oh, I'm stopping. Okay, I don't mind stopping because he's a crazy little thing anyway. <laughs> but um, so he's like, okay, rest is it? But no, that was a first for me, Max. It was it was pretty funny. That is. Funny. Um, but all's well. It ends well. He managed to get second in that class. So I'm Perfect. really really proud of him. Good stuff um, and a yeah. check. Yes. Yes, and a decent one too. That's very so, good. So <laughs> not not complaining at all. Yeah, very um, good. But yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so that that yeah. Go on, Max. Yep. No, no, I'm just saying. I'm just thinking of of other just you know so much happening since we we've, we've talked last, Joe. No, I know. It's been yeah. ages. It's been right. ages and ages. But anyway, speaking of, speaking of talking, Max, we've got more talking to come. But first, we'll probably listen to our sponsors at Bit of Britain. Hi, Glenn here with the Horse Radio Network, and I'm with Cassie from Bit of Britain with the product of the week. Well, our next product is one of my favorites. We're talking about the Back on Track Therapeutic Mesh Sheet. As I'm sure you're aware, Back on Track products have a tremendous following with riders of all levels. Crafted from a revolutionary fabric that fuses a polyester fiber with ceramic particles, the Back on Track Therapeutic Mesh Sheet reflects body warmth to increase blood flow and reduce inflammation. Several scientific studies have confirmed that this thermal warmth therapy can help reduce pain and swelling and stimulate the healing process. I've used Back on Track products for both myself and my horse. I have been nothing but pleased with the results. The therapeutic mesh sheet is the perfect lightweight layer to help loosen and warm up muscles prior to exercise and to aid circulation during post-exercise recovery. The sheet can be used alone or as a liner under other blankets in colder weather. Back-on-track products are also exceptionally durable. The ceramic powder is fused with the fabric fibers and it does not wash out. You can put your back-on-track products in the washing machine. You just can't use bleach or fabric softeners and the product should air dry as well. 
Very good. And I know a lot of professional riders in all disciplines swear by their back-on-track mesh sheets. They absolutely love them and what they do for their horses. And you can find them at bitofbritain.com. Just search for back-on-track mesh sheet, and it'll pop up. And joining us now is the Director of Programs and Marketing for the USEA. Welcome to the show, Kate Loki. Thank you. Thank you all for having me. So, Kate, t- um, USA obviously is the United States Eventing Association. And um, tell our listeners, just so in case they need to know more, what is the USEA and exactly what is your role there as amongst many hats that you do wear? Yeah, so the USEA is the United States Eventing Association. We are a nonprofit, 501c3. Our office is actually quite small. I know that there's a uh, common misconception that we are a large organization, but we are a very small but mighty bunch. Um, We have just around, you know, 15, 16 employees in the office, and many of us wear a lot of hats. I've sort of evolved into the role uh, that I'm in right now, the Director of Programs and Marketing. I started with the USCA almost exactly five years ago now, and my role's definitely evolved. I've uh, sort of come up through the rankings in the office. I showed a keen interest in all the programs and all the championships. And I also have a, a, a college degree in business with a focus in marketing. So it kind of just all fell into place and it's been a whole lot of fun so far. And you were an inventor yourself? I was. I've <laughs> had a passion for horses growing up my whole life. I've uh, worked and ridden for people like Sharon White and Karen and David O'Connor, Lauren Kiefer, and it's been a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, obviously worked a little bit for you too, Max. Yes, exactly. I know. We had a good time. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> you know, there's so much that goes on. And just so, you know, because people get curious about the difference between the USEA and the USEF. Like, so just just tell our listeners a little bit about how you guys work together and, and the differences between the two organizations. Yep, certainly. So the USCF, or now the US Equestrian, they are technically the governing body of equestrian sports in the United States. So we serve as an affiliate, just as all the other disciplines, they're affiliates. So we are responsible for eventing, although the USCF is actually the one that make the rules and regulations. So yes, we print a USCA rule book, but technically the rules come from the USCF. We are here to serve our members. We are a membership organization and obviously in our mission statement, education is primary. So we serve to be, we serve our members and we serve to educate our members. So we're constantly doing what we can to educate and promote our sport and our programs to all of our members. But again, that's one of the key differences. USCA does not make rules, which I think a lot of people think we do, but we don't. Uh, but we do work very closely with the USCS. I think most of us have uh, a lot of the employees that are on speed dial because we talk to each other every day. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, and so one of one of the big things for that you guys do is the American Eventing Championships, and that's um, you know goes from this place to that place and everything else in between, and and um, and it's a big deal. It's a, it's it gets bigger bigger each year, doesn't it? I mean, I guess it was so big when it was at Tryon, eh? Yeah, so we actually broke records when we had it at Tryon. At the first year, we had um, 665 starters, and the second year at Tryon, we had 753, and that was actually uh, on record the largest eventing competition in the United States history. And the AEC is a lot of fun because it's a platform for amateurs, juniors, professionals to all compete um, at the same place at the same time, and we get really great enthusiasm there. We, we provide prize bags through sixth place. And I think that's so special and we provide purse money for all the riders. So we have really great sponsors attached to the AEC. Neutrina has been um, either a title or presenting sponsor for the last, you know, for how many years I can remember. And it's, it's really great. It's great that our sponsors get to support our members and our members all walk away with prize money, whether you're getting six, even through sixth place. So it's really special to us. It's a really great way to promote the sport and to get people behind it. And we love showing up every year and cheering everyone on. And uh, yeah. this past year, it was it was in Colorado. And we knew it would be a little bit smaller there just from the demographics of our membership. Um, and it's actually moving to the Kentucky Horse Park next year, which we are super yeah. excited about. Um, so you guys are probably going to be expecting yeah. some pretty large numbers there too, hey? Yeah, I'd say... Uh, 
I mean, crossing our fingers, we'd like to break those try on records and sort of aim aim above that. So yeah, save the date for August 27th to September 1st next year, 2019. It's going to be great. So my question about the AEC's kick <laughs> is um, when is it finally going to settle down into a place where people can plan their year around it? And, and the reason why I'm asking this is because when it, the ACs was out in Texas and in Colorado and, and I go out there and I clinic there and I, and I speak to the people and they say the worst thing that happened to us was the ACs because it's taken away from the events that we have in our local area. People are saving their money to go to the AECs and they're not going to the local events. You know, like, for instance, at Colorado, there was a couple of horse trials that they didn't run at the horse park because they're waiting for the AECs. And is it, isn't it it now time that we can put it in a place that it's not going to affect other smaller horse trials and at a date where people can can work around it? Yeah, so that's a really good question, really good point. Um, so we've actually done an economic review. Rob Berker, CEO, has done this. And yes, well, sometimes it does end up hurting some organizers. It actually has a positive effect on some. Um, we have seen some entries boost in, in some areas where with people trying to qualify for the AC. But it is a great question about the location. We do... So traditionally, we've bid out the AEC and we've signed three-year contracts. Now, this is for a number of reasons. The primary reason we're trying to serve the membership in different areas and give people a different chance to go compete at a national championship because we are under scrutiny a lot for um, being pretty, you know, East Coast involved work because that's where the headquarters are and that's a large base of our membership. So really, the AEC, we've been trying to bring it around to different people and allow them that opportunity. Now, at the same time, it is a business model and it has to make sense in, in an area where membership is heavy. And like you said, it would be great for people to plan on each year. So that certainly is something we are thinking about within our next contract. So we did sign this contract with Kentucky for two years which, with an optional third year. Um, and we are certainly open to bids uh, for a much longer, you know, a 10-year or a plus or a, a permanent, maybe a rotating between an East Coast venue and a West Coast venue every two years, one year or something like that. So it's certainly something that the uh, USDA is open to. We're just waiting for the right bidder basically right now to, to make that happen. Yeah. And has there been a date set for the ACs in 2019? Yep, it is. It's August 27th through September 1st. So it's it's been Labor Day weekend the last three years. There will also be Labor Day weekend next year. Um, that calendar rotation changes, so it will actually be a week uh, different that following year. But, yep, right on Labor Day weekend next year. Yeah. That's good. Well, well we're excited anyway because um, even though Kentucky is – I don't know, 13, 15 hours away, Max. It's um, oh, 13, it's, 13. Straight shots. Right up 75, Joe. Right up 75. Look, I'm not, it doesn't worry me. I'm, I, I love <laughs> yeah. going to Kentucky. But, know. you know, I mean, unfortunately, Colorado is just an absolute no-goer, really. Yeah, it's um, – yeah. mm-hmm. things, it's just, it just made it too tough. Yeah. So that's, oh, And that's such perfect – it's such a great facility. I don't know the Colorado Horse Park. I'm sure it's fantastic, but the – yeah. Kentucky Horse Park is famous and fantastic, and I'm sure it's gonna there. It's gonna be a great competition there. Yeah, we're excited, and and you know we did Colorado. You know we signed that in a contract with the uh, Bellissimo Managed Properties, and um, it was important to us to get something west of the Mississippi, and and we knew it was going to be a bit smaller. But one of the exciting things we did offer was the uh, festival divisions this year because there were less opportunities in Area Nine. So we opened up the AEC to have these festival non-championship divisions to allow the local competitors to have that opportunity to still come compete, even if they didn't qualify at the AEC or, or, you know, trainers bring some other students or some other young horses. So it did work out nicely and, and we stick by, we're happy it was out there. We think it was a really good quality event. Uh, but yeah, we're extremely excited for Kentucky because who doesn't want to go ride in that Rolex arena? No kidding. That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. That is pretty cool. So, okay. What else have you guys been up to? What else is new with the USCA? What else do we need to know? Yeah, so we just wrapped up our uh, future event horse championships. We typically have an East Coast and a West Coast championship uh, of those, and we actually added a Central championship this year so that the babies in the middle of the country 
uh, didn't have to travel quite as far. So it was good. It was successful. Um, it was at the Texas Rose Horse Park organized by Snowdonia Farms. We had 18 horses for that first championship, which isn't bad considering the West Coast first championship was, I don't know, three, four horses, something like that. So, <laughs> and the future event uh, horse, that's, that's yearlings, two-year-olds and three-year-olds, right? Yep, it is. Yeah. And then we also added a four-year-old class last year. And the three-year-olds and four-year-olds, um, they get to jump through a, a free jump shoot. So they're actually judged. The yearlings and two-year-olds are judged just in hand. And the three-year-olds and four-year-olds get a chance to go through a jump shoot. And it's been pretty exciting. The East Coast entries have been pretty huge the last several years. So it's definitely a program that's growing. Um getting some attention and it's really good to to get the promotion out there for the owners and breeders of these babies and, and help get them placed in in some upper level riders hands or just for some amateurs or whoever wants a nice young baby so it's been yeah. an exciting program yeah, uh, yeah. and then that and the other, the other young event horse has gotten huge hasn't it Exactly. Yep. So those are coming up uh, in a few weeks. We've got the Young Event Horse East Coast Championships at Fair Hill. That's October 18th and 19th. And then we've actually moved the West Coast Championships to the Fresno County Horse Park in California this year. So that'll actually take place that same weekend, um, just after Fair Hill. So that'll be during on October 21st. And we've got some great judges this year. And Lucinda Green is flying over. We've got Sally Ike and then Chris Ryan will be our confirmation specialist. So we've got a really good lineup this year. And we're looking forward to seeing some good good horses. And yep, yeah. those are for four and five-year-olds. They do a dressage test and a, and a jumping test with show jumps and cross country. So yeah. it'll be good and, fun. And you guys have seen a lot of those young event horse horses come through the ranks. And, and there were quite a few of them at Kentucky this year, weren't there? Yeah. So the last couple of years, we've had almost around, uh, just about around 10 horses competing that were YEH graduates. So it's really fun. We get to do a big splash about YEH graduates going on to big things. Um, even at the World Equestrian Games this year, Sesserleg is a nice YEH baby. Um, the fun story about him actually is that he was bred by Tim Holcamp and he's owned by Christine Turner. And that's the pair that actually offers the Holcamp Turner Young Event Horse Grant so uh, it's a great incentive for the YH program um, that they founded for us. So the, the winning five-year-olds each year overall on the coast um, in their seven-year-old year, if they have qualified, they, the highest placing or scoring horse gets the whole Camp Turner grant to go compete at Le, Le Leon d'Angers in France, which is the uh, Young Horse World Championship. So it's a I think, pretty cool grant. Doug Payne, I think, is going this year, isn't he? Yep, Doug Payne's yep. horse has received that grant for us this year, um, Quantum Leap, and, and we're pretty excited to send him on his way and hope that he has a uh, really good completion for the United States, so we'll be cheering him on. That's cool. It's an awesome event, that, actually, Leon. I love that one. The big, the biggest change this year, too, and I'm really proud of the Young Event Horse Committee, um, they actually revamped the entire scoring and judging system this year, and, and I think it's going quite well. There's always new things to learn from it as we change it, but um, they, they've made it so that each jump is actually getting a score now, so it's a bit easier for people to understand. They're really breaking it down and, and making it make more sense. And, of course, they've modeled it after the uh, the European Young Horse Championships. But I, I do think that program is improving. It's been exciting to see it um, come along, and we definitely are seeing a lot of stars come out of it. So that's been exciting and fun to watch. No, it is. It is. A, I actually judged one in Ocala. And, oh, yeah, you did um, too, didn't you? Yes, I did. Yeah. And it was it was very easy, and it made it, it it made it very easy with a score for each jump. You know, I mean, the the, the, right. the range isn't big; it's one to three, but it still, you know, makes it better than saying, you know, giving an overall impression. I think it's much more fair, you know. Right. Yeah, and it's yeah. sort of it, you know you say it's it's a one to three, but it's it's technically you know a one through five because you can do point five decimals. So it's a zero to three with point five decimals, which gives you a range of essentially a one to five point. Oh, system. sorry, but yeah, it was I, a, I'm it glad was a to hear it works well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so what else we got? So what other thing, what other things that new, the other thing that's kind of cool, I know I use it for the events that I've been doing is the, your volunteer incentive program. Um, and that's been pretty, very easy as an organizer to use. And I don't know, I, I think it's probably pretty easy for the tech savvy volunteers to use. Hey. Yeah. It's, that's also been a, a really cool new program and, and props go out to that uh, volunteer committee. They've been 
uh, busting their bums to, to put this all together. And we've got the really great app and it's super easy to use. Um, it, you know, volunteers just go in, they log their hours, they're, and they're pretty much set and ready to go. And we, we even allow, uh, so the way that it's set up, there's a national leaderboard for all the volunteers. So last year we gave our first volunteer of the year award to Mike Smallwood. Um, and then uh, people are out there trying to get their trying to get their hours and get atop those leaderboards. And we actually even break it out on that uh, website, eventingvolunteers.com, for area-level leaderboards. So areas can even award their own prizes, which is really fun. Uh, the, the last thing that VIP committee did is uh, this past year, they worked really hard and they put together jump judge videos. And those are available on the UFCA website. I would highly recommend all organizers to use them. If you're thinking about volunteering, uh, go go check them out. They're really great. They're really informative and uh, pretty good quality. So we're pretty proud of those uh, from the volunteer committee. So check out the, the volunteer page on the USCA website and go look at those. Yeah, once you're in the system, they'll send you an email and say, hey, um, there's these, you know, competitions in the area that are looking for volunteers. Come have a look at what's available. And, and it's great. It works out and it's kind of nice that, that they, mm-hmm. they do that. So yeah, people can, yeah. um, can, can be a part of that. Yeah. 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 It's worked really well. Yeah. And then yeah. Sort of the last update I have for you guys is a convention is coming up. That's December 6th through the 9th. And that, that is being held at the Sheraton New Orleans. So we are heading down to New Orleans for our own little Mardi Gras. Uh, celebration and it's also a <laughs> hall of fame year so it will be quite a party we're inducting six new um people slash horses into the hall of fame and it's it's going to be a blast this year we've got eric duvander as our keynote speaker so that'll be interesting to hear from him and um the reserva- registration is open so everyone can go on to their online services now sign up the hotel reservations are open so just go to the usda website sign up for that and uh, the last thing our, our director of membership wanted to ask is that everyone who uh, wants to go, you know, sit at those party functions, the Hall of Fame dinner with their friends, just shoot her an email so she can get seating assignments for you all. Her email is jennifer at com. Again, if you just want to sit with your friends or if you want to purchase a table, she's happy to accommodate you. So, Kate, if people want to know more about the USEA, where can they find some information? You guys have a website and all that. Yep. So we've actually got two websites. We our, our main primary website is www.useventing.com. It's the USDA's headquarter website. We also have a really fun website called Discover Eventing. That's just going to be discovereventing.com. That's sort of your ins and outs of what's eventing. How do I prep for my first event? It's sort of the breakdown to general public. But uh, yeah, our main website, useventing.com, you can learn about everything there. Uh, the, the exciting news is we are launching a brand new website. I know everyone, uh, including our staff, is very tired of the current website. So we've got a really great, fresh new look uh, launching soon. So stay tuned for that. Excellent. Well, Kate, we are going to let you go. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to chat with us and catch us up on everything that's going on. And as always, it's great to hear your voice. So um, we will see you at Fairhill, if not sooner. The Eventing Riders Association of North America is the collective voice of riders, equine professionals, and owners in pursuit of enhancing the growing sport of eventing in North America. In cooperation with our members, governing bodies, related committees, and organizers, ERA of NA works to improve the overall welfare, safety, visibility, and growth of the sport. ERA of NA, your voice matters for the sport of eventing. Jump in and engage by becoming a member today. Find them online at www.eraofna.com. And joining us now is Danny Warrington from Landsafe. Danny, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Max. Good to, good to talk to you again. Yeah. So, Danny, just um, give your our listeners a little bit about, um, you know, tell them a little bit about you personally and what it is that you're doing right now with Landsafe. Right on. So, um, Landsafe is our, our our safety fall safety training program, and um, you know, I rode some I rode races for a while back in the late eighties and through the nineties and evented, you know, for a fair bit of time, you know, to the two and three star level. And, uh, you know, we're, we're combining my knowledge and my wife's experience as a nationally ranked gymnast and created a, 
sort of of fall safety program. Um, and that that's what Landsafe is. And what we're what we're doing now is is sort of headed to Fairhill with this this tent. Yeah. And so just so our listeners know, like, um, you know, this is more on an educational side of uh, things that uh, and Danny's been very passionate at, as have I about, about education and stuff like that. And so um, anybody that's going to Fairhill this year um, has to come and look out for te- the tent. So tell our listeners, Danny, a little bit about this tent and what your expectations are of it. Yeah. So we, we created what we, we wanted to call it a safety tent, but we thought that people would, uh, misinterpret that and come get a band-aid um but it's <laughs> so everywhere we've sort of called it they're deemed at the education tent and um you know we're going to have a lot of things going on there um you know i've convinced you max to come and talk about aftercare of the horses um that's a very important part of it we're going to be doing land safe demos there as well um rob burke the ceo for the usea um and phyllis dawson are going to come and talk about you know why why people should value an ICP instructor over someone that's not and explain the levels of the ICP program. Um, we're going to do some cool things with, with some safety equipment. Um, there's a lot of issues with lanyard length for your air vest, um, proper use of a neck strap. Um, and so we're going to have some stuff like that. We're going to have some fun stuff for the kids, some tumbling things. Um, Eric Bull is going to stop by and, and talk about frangible technology and, and, its benefits to the sport and where that where that's sort of taking our sport. Um, hopefully, he's going to do that on Friday, and Tremaine Cooper is hopefully going to stop by on Saturday as well. But um, you know, dates and times right now are still a little bit up in the air. But there's going to be a lot going on the whole week. That's pretty cool. And and where like if someone wants to find some more information about this or wants to know where to go once they're at Fairhill, how do they how do how is information transferred? But I don't think you're going to miss us at Sarah Hill when you come to the <laughs> If you turn right, you know, uh, you won't miss us. We're going to be just up from the Chesapeake water um, on the other side of the dog agility. And we're going to be, it's going to be quite a big tent because our simulator is going to be there and, and all that stuff. Um, but the Fair Hill International website um, has a link to, to what's going on and, and who's going to be there. And that gets updated, you know, as we pull things together, it's a little bit of a, you know, last last minute um, program that we're putting together for there, but it's it's coming together quite well. Um, Fairhill has, has made this possible themselves. Um, they've kind of made the tent happen um, as a give back to the public um, because they're you know everybody's interested in in education, and the more educated we we are, the the safer we are. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, it's funny, we, some of us have been having this conversation about safety and all these other things. And and in the end of the day, we can make the jumps very, very safe, but we need to make the riding safer as well, don't we? Well, I think that's a big issue. You know, we've had, we've had three falls this year that were nonsense related that, that ended up being pretty, pretty major falls. Um, So, you know, we can make the fences safer, you know, we can, we can do all of these things, but at the same time, we have to make make riders aware of their responsibility to themselves to be athletes and to understand what, what this game entails. This is an extreme sport, right? Riding and and whether you're trail riding or whether you're doing it at the four-star level eventing, you know, it's still an extreme sport. Anytime you get on a horse, you know, they they do have a mind of their own and we do, you know, we do our best to educate them and, and train them and all of these things. But, you know, horses, things do go wrong. Um, you know, that's kind of part of the sport is, is the excitement is that, you know, if everybody went out cross country knowing that they were going to get a double clean round, wouldn't be much adrenaline running through that, would there? No, 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 part of it. Yeah, no, they wouldn't. <laughs> no. No, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> kind yeah, of take yeah. the fun out of it a little bit, right? So it is an yeah. extreme sport. And, and I think we have to really sit down and, and look at it as so and, and think of ourselves as extreme athletes and and part of that is being being athletic being trained understanding the risk and how to mitigate that risk right you're not going to eliminate it um so how do we mitigate it you know how do we use our equipment the right way and how do we get the right equipment and and how do we use our bodies in the right way and and how do we understand you know uh, we say at landscape it's it's landscape reducing rider risk and and those are three r's and for me the big three r's are right horse right rider right level and if you do those three if you do those three things it's a pretty good pretty good outcome so i want to ask a question i mean 
I've come from the old days where we galloped around big steep hills um, after cattle and stuff, and and I've sort of learnt from the my my land safe techniques were learnt more of a trial and error basis. I think you know, be sort of more of a I keep falling off all the time and learnt how to to roll. Now, where why what's changed, Danny? I mean, like I I know that things like. We never really had to do this years ago. I mean, what 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 swung the pendulum in the in the fact that we've really got to now start to educate riders? Well, I think it, I mean I think a lot of it is exactly what you said, Joe. You know, you and I grew up the same way, a little bit rough and tumble, right? You know, we fell off of our ponies, and and I know my dad would just kind of say, "Get up, son! You you're holding things up." Um, yeah. You know, and and we are in a bit of a different society now, where you know you fall off, and we want to check to make sure you're okay and safe first, and and we and we don't gallop up and down hills and chase cattle, right? We ride in a ring, and we take our lessons from our coaches and our trainers, and we we execute perfect distances, and we ride on the perfect stride, and we do all of these things, which is wonderful until it goes wrong, right? So so some of our our kids, our students aren't getting the exposure to the rough and tumble lifestyle that, that, that you and I grew up with. Um, and so how do you replace that? Right. We can't, you can't send your, your, your young rider out, you know, and go, listen, today we're going to herd cattle because I think you, know, you might fall off. And <laughs> yeah. bear back, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, 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 and they're going to go, why? And it's like, well, because you're going to fall off and, you know, that's going to make you a better event rider because you're going to learn to find your center of balance better, right? Like that, that system in an education fashion, that rough and tumble system, it doesn't really work. So we have to replace that rough and tumble somehow with education. Does that make yeah. sense? It does. Yeah. Great answer. And, yeah. you know, when did, it, when did it happen, Joe? I don't think it happened yesterday. I don't think it happened five years ago. I think it's happened you know, a bit more over time, right? I don't, there was not like a pivotal point where we went, oh, you know what? We need, we really need to look at this. I think that it's slowly, slowly filtered away, um, you know, from, from that, from that upbringing that, that you had, you know, and, and, you know, you fall into a category of a lot of other riders, right? You've been there for a long time, but we've got a lot of riders that aren't, aren't in that, that zone. And, and those are the riders that we as older riders have a responsibility to educate somehow. Yeah. It's yeah. And yeah, exactly. There's lots of education about, yeah, the right, the right horse, the right, everything. It's, it's sort of the whole package, isn't it? Well, there's no one thing, right? The frangible technology yeah. helps, but we had three horses go down this year, which on, on, on the flat in between fences. Right. And yeah. so that's, that's, that's <laughs> don't pull on the inside rain. <laughs> yeah right like so so we, we need to, we need to deal with that right yeah. um you know we've had some riders that have come out of air vests because they're not happy with the lanyards not working right yeah we, we've had some things that 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 you know maybe maybe the, the the helmet's not on properly and the helmets have come off and these are these are not necessarily even things that are in competition these are things that are that are at home in training or or just out literally like trail riding you know um so we need, I feel very importantly that we need to educate the public, not just about, you know, eventing and what it does, but what, but what we are doing to better our sport, right? We're spending a lot of time and a lot of effort as, as, as professionals going to these meetings and doing these things. And, you know, we've, we've developed some great things that are out there. You know, the ICP program, the, the air vest, the, the helmet technology is getting better and better and better. Um, and frangible technology and all these things. But if people don't really understand how they all fit together to form this program, then we're sort of failing our society, you know, as educators, right? So we need to then reach out. And I, I feel like the tenant Fair Hill is exactly what, what we're doing. Let's reach out to, to the people, not to ourselves, right? Not, not to the elite riders, not to the elite athletes, but to everyone and say, look, this is what we're doing and this is why. And so the next time something you know, God forbid happens that we're on a, on an offensive, look, this is what we are doing to make this better. We're not here, not doing anything. Here's another question. And I want to know if you've given this any thought, does, does the, the news, you know, the way we're going with safety now, does it have any correlation to the end of the old format? 
the end of the days when horses had to be fitter than 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 better on the flat that they had to be able to you know endurance was more part of it and jumping and the rails were skinnier and the courses weren't as pretty and you know i mean has it got anything to do with that um i i personally i think that i think that that all of those things have to do with it right like i i don't think that the long format is a good example of 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 a change in safety right because i don't think i don't think that would have changed the way we educate our people because our society has changed more so than our sport right we're still jumping solid fences and we're still running horses at solid obstacles we're still trail riding right and 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 not to sort of curveball this but you know we're not just talking about eventing we're talking about the sport as equestrian sports as a whole right so not just our sport but do i think that that the long format was was better for the sport i i'm going to say no to that um i i think that you know the the technology that we've developed because we've changed the sport would have come along anyway whether it was yep. long format or short format right i think that 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 science does eventually break through um I think that, you know, the change, my personal feeling about the long format is that I think we have horses that stay sounder longer. I think in the, the, rider, in the long format, from, it, it, in the, yeah, in the long format, yeah. I think we have, I think, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. but I think that has a lot to do with the lot, lack of horsemanship with the going from the short format, from the long format to the short format, there yeah. was a massive loss of horsemanship. That, that, that's, I think that's my point. I think that's, yeah, I think that's, it, it, what, in America, where the change has been. Well, I think in a lot of other places too, Max. You know, yeah. I mean, when when the, when the long format disappeared, the onus was then on dressage, and then yeah. you know, people started to think, well, this horse doesn't need to be quite as fit, and it doesn't need to do do this, and I don't have to go quite as far, and all the rest of it. And I was hearing this, you know, because yeah. I rode in the last, the very last Burley long, uh, long format, long format, two thousand five, yeah, two thousand five, and so after that, people started to say, well, you know, we don't have to do this and we can use a different type of horse. And, you know, I, I could see sudden, like subtle changes. I get what you're saying, Danny, about science breaking through. And I, I, I 100% agree with that. But I just, I wonder whether, you know, what you're trying to do now is maybe trying to, is taking, take, filling, filling the void of the lack of horsemanship, perhaps. Well, I think that I would I would sort of say yes that that that's filling a void of, of horsemanship, but I think that it's also it's also a part it's it's also a part of the culture, right? So so you, you when I worked for Jonathan Shepard, you know, he he said one time he said you either adapt or die, right? You you either change with the way things are going or you 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 disappear, right? And so. And that I think is in everything, right? If you don't change with business, if you don't, you may not have had a website in, in 1989, but if you don't have one now, you probably don't have much. If you don't have a cell phone now, you probably don't do much business. If you don't, right? And so, so that's all fine and dandy to say that that, that changed things. But the fact of the matter is, is that things have changed. And now how do we deal with that? There's no, there's, there's never going back right? That that doesn't work in anything. Once we, and that's, that's the problem a lot of times with rules, right? We make a rule and we go, this is the rule. Well, now we can't change that rule, right? We struggle with the, with the one fall rule or land on your feet rule. And those rules kind of battle back and forth. The problem with the rule is once you make it, it's very hard to take it away. Well, right? ask the FBI so, that. Yeah, they change what, their rules what? every year. You know, one yeah, minute right. you do this, then the next minute you do that, and now you get a fifty, and oh, I mean, it just goes on and on. No, and I, I and I, I agree with with you know, with you if you stay the same track, then then things wouldn't have changed. But I think that that you have to then change with you. You have to grow and adapt, and and that's my my point. I, I can't go back. I just have to to march on forward and and try to to make the best of, of what we have now. And I don't necessarily think that, that now is a bad time in our sport, right? I, I think that there's a lot of things that are in the positive. And I think that, you know, the, the vets, the, the, 
the horsemen that are that are here want the best for everyone. I don't think anybody is intentionally trying to demise it, but but with the shift um, and with quick reaction to things, like why why is this happening? Well, we need to change that. Well, maybe maybe sometimes we need to sit back and look at what the core issue is. And you believe it's horsemanship, and and to a degree, so do I. But but we can't bring back the long format to change that horsemanship. So how else can we? No, do it? no, so and, I, I, and, I, and no, no, I don't I think it's that back. Yeah, no, no, no right. No, no, I just think there was a loss of no. yeah somewhere. Yeah, right. So so here's the, the here's the poised question back to you, Joe. How do we then how do we then create a new wave of new horsemen? that understand what that's about. How do you reach out to them and teach them well, the things that, I, I think, that you had to learn? I, I think this, <sighs> this is what I'm, I think that this is what we're trying to say. It, 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 there needs to be open discussion. You need to be doing exactly what you're doing with the tent and getting people, you know, experienced, um, experts like Max to come in and talk about aftercare and, and talk about legs and talk about these bits and pieces. Because when we started it, We'd go into a barn. I went into a barn as a working student with a, you know, with with Rodney Powell, the, one of the amazing professionals. And they, the, the the stuff that I learned in six months was just absolutely unbelievable. All the attention to detail and stuff. And so I think that's that's what we need to start teaching people. It's got to be accessible to yeah. people. Right. Exactly. You know? And that's what exactly. Dan's trying to do, which is so great. Yeah. Right. And that and that's that's right. So we 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 create a standard of education which the USDA is trying desperately to do with the ICP program, right? Create a standard. And then we can, we can divide off of that. But if nobody wants to, to do that or nobody understands what that means, then we've done a disservice to ourselves, right? That, that's, a simple, that's a simple way. So if you want to make a change, if you want to educate people, then you have to give them a place to go to be educated, right? Yeah. And, and in order to educate them, then you must set a standard, Right. So first we have to set a standard. This is the standard. And then we can we can go from there. But if if the general public doesn't know that there's a standard, if they don't understand what that standard means, then then we're we're doing a disservice. And whether that's, you know, the horsemanship part of it, you know, the the old school Joe, you know, the horsemanship part, Max, the, the new sort of thought process of education from me, um, you know, the the USDA, how do we in all of those things? You know, we do have a good we do have a good system, but we have to use it, right? And yeah. we have to develop it, and and that's the you know that's the point of the tent. Cool. Well, that's awesome. So, sounds great. It really does. And I yeah. think for all of our, I'm just going to say this to to our listeners that are going to Fairhill, you want to get yourself there and get amongst some of these experts. And see what you what you can learn and what you can glean off them because um, it sounds like it's going to be a whole lot of stuff going on in there and it just sounds really really good. Yeah, Dan, if people want to want to be able to contact you personally or Kelly um, and find out more about the tent and more about what's going on or or want to be a part of it, what's the best way for people to contact you? Uh, um, and okay. then emails or whatever, but Facebook Messenger, all that kind of stuff. We're we're uh, landscape reducing rider risk. Um, you know any of those venues uh, can reach us. Danny Warrington eventing, like <laughs> I, you know, I have a million sort of different outreaches. <laughs> but but uh, but if you type in landscape on Facebook or landscape reducing riding rider risk, you'll get it. And then the website again is is www.landscapeequestrian.com. So, cool. Yeah, yeah, we're there. We're there and, and uh, happy to field any questions and and uh and hopefully like hopefully Joe you'll stop by and lend some of your advice. Are you coming up to Fairhill? Well I was but I'm not. No, I I I <laughs> well the jockey club the jockey club down here has a has a long format CCI three star this year and of course I'm a local and I pr- you know I need to patronize that and so um so no. I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah, miss it, but but Max will be there for me. Anyway. I will be there. All right. Yeah. I will definitely be there. Yeah. Well, Danny, thank you so much for chatting with us, and I'm we're, I'm really excited about this tent now. This is gonna be I think this is gonna be the start of something kind of cool. Um, well, I, I yeah. hope so. I really yeah. really hope so, Max. I really appreciate the call. Heck yeah. 
No, I think this is a really important thing and um, this is some, some good stuff. And thank you for taking the initiative to get this going. Well, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a give back, right? Like it's, it's what it's all about. And uh, I, I do hope that it takes off and I do hope it's something that we can bring to some of the bigger venues across the country throughout the next couple of years. And, and I hope that this is, this is obviously the first one. Um, and I hope that we just grow from here and, um, and I hope we can, you know, it's not just for Landsafe, right? This is, this is, uh, this is for all kinds of different topics and, and different speakers and, and questions. And we're going to try to have somebody in that tent all day, um, every day that can, that can help you and, and help people find out what they can do and, and what, where they, where they can reach out to find good information. Um, yeah. Because that's the key. Cool. Awesome. Well, Danny, we will, we will see you up there. It's pretty interesting, isn't it, Max? Yeah. 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 No, I think have it's going to be have great. You, have you seen it? You know, we forgot to tell the listeners, it's a big dummy horse, right? Yeah. The landscape and you, thing. It's, yeah. And, and it tip, and it, yeah, tips you over, this big dummy horse, right? It's a but, simulator, so, I think, so I yeah. Was, yeah. A simulator, not a dummy horse. It's a simulator. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I learned my falling off, like I said, by practice. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> on, exactly. On my head. Yeah. So, but no, I think what they're doing is fantastic. You know, and no, I, just I think, think it's the initiative he's taking, putting on, you know, doing this tent and everything. I think is um, is great. And again, nobody else is doing it, and thank God he is because it's needed. I think just to bring some awareness. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly, and but it's. But it's going to help people. It's going to help the public. You know, like someone's going to go to the tent and they're going to meet you and they're not going to be afraid to ask you a question if they're walking along sometime in the future. You know, it's just yeah. about that sort of stuff. Yeah. You know, like, like don't be afraid of, of, um, of professionals and stuff. I and mean, we were very, very lucky when we grew up in New Zealand because we were, we had, so they had complete access to some of the world's stars. And yeah. everybody was, you know, no one was afraid to ask a question, but the the top people were always helpful. You yeah. know, they're always look, yeah, looking out for the lowest and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. 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 No, it's going to be cool. It'll be well, Max, good. It'll be great. You're going to have so yeah. much fun and you're going to yeah. eat all the crab bisque and crab bisque. the, ba- the yes. bagel with the, with the, what is it, the bagel? Or is it the, what's the thing with the with the crab on? It's, oh, it's a bread know. thing, isn't it? Oh, I haven't. Oh, oh, the bread on oh, the bread bowl. Yeah, they they put the crab bisque sometimes in a bread bowl. Yeah, it's like one million calories yeah, that know. way. It was only like nine hundred thousand calories otherwise. Yes. Well, yeah. I know, but it's up there. You burn them so, off because it's freezing. Exactly. Yeah? It's, exactly. it's brass monkeys up there. It is. And it's wet, sideways, usually wet rain. and cold. Yeah? And uh, they've had so much rain this yeah. year. I'll be interested to see. Yeah, how they're hock coping with it. Mud. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's hock, fairly epic, but it'll be uh, yeah, and it washing be. the horse out of a bucket. Oh, Joe! Yeah, stop. You know how much that makes I me crawl. It makes me so angry. I know, I know. But <laughs> anyway, this <laughs> cold bucket of water washing your horse. Your three-star leaking horse tent. That but apart from, from that, apart from that, <laughs> you feel absolutely fantastic yeah, when you're galloping Lincoln, through that. That was the cross-country course. Yeah, exactly. The cross-country course is so fantastic. Yeah. So it is, it is good. Fantastic. It is good. Yeah, 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 yeah. But anyway, yeah. Oh well, we'll crab bus. Then crab a few weeks later, away. you can come down to the Ocala Jockey Club and where it's sort of margaritas. Yes, exactly. exactly. Anyway, well, Max, probably you should get on and get uh, wrap this show yeah. up for us. Well, everyone, thank you so much for listening to the Eventing Riders Association of North America podcast. You can learn more about Eventing Riders Association of North America at eraofna.com. And we're about to have a new website, which is also very exciting. So keep an eye out for that. You can find the links to today's guests and topics at eventingradio.com. Follow Eventing Radio on Facebook. Just search for The Eventing Radio Show and on Twitter at Eventing Radio. Listen to The Eventing Radio anytime, anywhere with the free Horse Radio Network app for iPhone and Android. Go to your app store and search Horse Radio Network. You can also subscribe by iTunes. Thank you again so much to our title sponsor, Bitter Britain. This is Max and you can find me on Facebook, Max Corcoran Horse Care. You can find me on Twitter 
at MMC338, even though I don't tweet ever. And you could find me on Instagram at MMC338. And that actually I do sometimes. And you can find me on my uh, blog, Max Quirk and WordPress, or you can find me at Fairhill, bucket bathing a horse <laughs> with cold water. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. Well, this is Joe, and you can find me on my website, joemeyereventing.com. You can follow me on Twitter, joemeyereventr. You can find me on Facebook, Joe Meyer, Instagram, Joe Meyer, and I must put up a photo. In fact, I think I will after this. And you can find me in a minute with a margarita and the shrimps beginning to boil Jimmy Buffett down in lovely Ocala, Florida. But um, thank you very much, listeners, and we'll talk to you again in two weeks' time. Bye, everyone.